I'm Ashley. And I'm Jasmine. And you're tuned in to Ham Radio Stranger Things Podcast. It's a, a ham radio. The Cadillac of ham radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of Ham Radio Stranger Things Podcast. Today, we're going to be playing some Stranger Things trivia. We uh, also are going to be talking about the effects of the current writer strike on uh, Season 5 production, uh, a marketing mix-up from Netflix France's Twitter account. We got some new content from the Stranger Things stage play, and uh, we respond to a listener email. But first, you know, we've got a little housekeeping to take care of. we got to let you know, you know where uh, you can find us and where you can listen to uh, the podcast. And uh, Jasmine is going to uh, let you guys in on where you can do that. Thanks, Ashley. You can find us on Instagram at ham.radio.media, on Twitter at hamthrough, on YouTube at hamradiomedia or at hamradio1983. That's our handle. We also have a Discord, uh, the link for for which will be in the description for this episode. You can email us at hamradiomedia at gmail.com. As you will hear later in this episode, we do respond to listener emails live on the air. So if you email us, you will most likely be featured. So be sure to check that out. Ashley has a fanfic on AO3 uh, called Stranger Things, uh, The College Years. So be sure to check that out. The podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. Please consider leaving us a review and a rating. It really helps us out a lot. We have a lot of totally tubular stuff coming up, so please follow us on our socials to keep up with the podcast all of our new content. Thank you, Jasmine. First, before we uh, dive into some trivia, we are going to be, uh, well, I am going to be reading the email from uh, one of our listeners named Corey. Corey writes, uh, hello to everyone at Ham Radio Podcast. I hope you're doing well. My name is Corey, and I've recently started listening to your podcast. I enjoy it, and I love your discussions on Vecna and the lore of Stranger Things. If you accept requests, I'd love to hear Ashley and Jasmine uh, dive deep into more discussion on the lore and Vecna. Uh, thank you, uh, Corey. Uh, Jasmine and I will certainly be doing that, as many of our listeners know, and Corey, you probably do as well. Um, I, I love talking about uh, the lore of the show, especially now that we're getting into the end game, where the lore is becoming a little bit more prevalent than it maybe has uh, in the past. So Corey continues, I have a few questions for you. Corey wants to know, who's your favorite character? Uh, how do you feel about the two-day time jump in the season finale? What do you make of the spoilers and leaks already in circulation? And will you be covering filming once it begins? Uh, Corey ends by saying, keep up the good work. Uh, and sincerely, Corey. Thanks again, Corey, for your email. We always love it when we get emails from you guys because, you know, it's, it's really fun to interact with you and um, you answer your questions. Um, so I, I'll go first uh, answering Corey's questions and then Jasmine will uh, give her take on them. So my favorite character, you know, this may, be, uh, may surprise everyone, but uh, I don't know, Jasmine, you may not be very surprised. I'll have to say, like, my favorite character really and truly is uh, Dr. Martin Brenner. Like, no joke. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, uh, even though I really love 
11. Um, I'd have to say that my, my top character who just grows on me every season is Nancy. Like I love, you know, how she's like Miss Nancy Drew, always investigating stuff. And yeah, she can come off a little bit strong initially, but uh, she, over the course of the season, you see her, once she starts really going, she, uh, she really pulls through and, and uh, you know, gets the job done. So Nancy is definitely my favorite character uh, from the show. My thoughts on the, the two day time jump. Uh, I mean, I don't like, I'm not gonna sit here and, you know, trash it. I mean, I thought it could have been done a little bit better. I feel like the biggest problem with it is not the the time jump itself. It's the fact that they it was so that episode was so bloated. A lot of parts in the beginning that by the end of it, they were just like, we just want to hurry up and like you know get this season done. We want to hurry up and get this episode done. So that's probably the thing that I wish they didn't do. But it's like as uh, our producer and my good friend Brendan told me after he watched the finale episode for the first time, he was like, you know, you know, the, the big thing they were going for there. Right. And I was like, no, what? And he said, you know, the last 10 minutes of the episode were the epic uh, remix of the Stranger Things theme song and them all coming together and watching you know, the ash fall from the sky, and we know that the that Vecna's plan actually did come to fruition, uh, and the, the two worlds are becoming one. He's like, that was like their modus operandi for this time jump, like, and, and you can tell, and, and I have to agree, like, you can definitely see how that plays out, but yeah, overall, I, I thought it was, I thought it was appropriate. Also heard, too, about, you know, people being upset that there wasn't a post-credit scene and I actually think it was wise of them not to to put one in there because you, you know if if they have planned for a time jump or something like that in season five they're really going to write themselves into a corner by doing a post-credit scene of something that they have to you know back up next season so I actually thought that was wise just to end it on an epic shot of them up on the hillside uh looking over at everything you know merging and all that the the spoilers and leaks uh i i personally think they're uh fake you know I, like i do know that there are people out there that have legitimate access to leaks and spoilers you can go on reddit and see leaks from season four that actually you know about stuff that actually did come to pass but here at ham radio even if a spoiler or a leak is legit we're not going to be posting that we're not going to talk about that because you know, that's a pretty, pretty crappy thing to do, in my opinion. I don't look at him. Jasmine, I don't know if she does. She's never said anything. So, uh, yeah, we, we won't be uh, talking about that. But I wouldn't believe everything that I see on the Internet. Uh, that's for sure. If someone screams, you know, we have spoilers. And then you look at him. I think in this case, if you don't see anything about the lore, probably not. It's, you know, probably clickbait. And yes, we will be covering filming whenever we probably won't be posting set pics because again, you know, not everyone wants to see wants to see those. Uh, but we will be talking about the t little tidbits of filming and stuff once it begins. And uh, Jasmine, would you like to take the mic? For sure. Oh man, 
Got some good questions there, Corey. Um, who's my favorite character? I'd have to say, hands down, Steve Harrington. I'm a big Steve Harrington fan. First of all, he's hot. Amazing hair. Uh, but more importantly than that, I think Joe Carey does an amazing job portraying him. And I really love his evolution. Like, he's the character who's probably changed the most and has the most character development. And I love his evolution from stereotypical 80s jock to who he is now, you know, so much more of a complex and, and nuanced and developed character. I just love that so much. I'd say Nancy is a close second, but Ashley already talked about that. So I, I won't repeat uh, what she said. But yeah, hands down, you know, Dave Harrington all the way. How do I feel about the two-day time job in the season finale? I I don't like it either. You know, I get what they were going for that like the lead up was that epic shot at the end, which I love. But as other people have commented on, in order to get there, instead of skipping two days, there was definitely stuff throughout the season that they could have um, either sped up or skipped over or condensed in some way, particularly with the Russia and Nevada slash California plots. I mean, I feel like the tightest, most succinct storylines in the season were Hawkins and L in Nevada. So they definitely could have sped up, condensed, uh, or skipped over things in the California and Russia plots. And then instead of having a two-day time jump, showed us that time instead, which I think would have been a lot better because it just leaves so many open, unanswered questions at the end of the season. And like, it was a great payoff with that scene, but if the plots had been super succinct and every moment had felt earned, we still would have been mad about the two-day time jump, but it wouldn't have felt the same. Whereas because, you know, there were definitely parts that's like, okay, nothing's really happening here. Or we could, like, you know, we could definitely speed this up some, it, how it felt a little bit bloated. You know, when you get to that two-day time jump, you're like, what What do you mean we skipped two days, you know? So, yeah, I was not a fan of the two-day time jump. Uh, what do I think about the spoilers slash leaks on circulation? Likely, I don't put much talk into them. I'm sure there is some real information out there. But a lot of it's so fan-informed of people just starting stuff that I don't really pay attention to much of that because I don't think it's like I don't think it's real and it kind of spoils the fun of it so um, I'm not really paying much attention to it will we be covering filming again yes we will as she said uh, and he commented on we'll be covering you know non-spoiler things you know what I mean so you know there happens to be a clip of you know somebody running out of a library or doing you know I mean? like general things like that where it's like oh these two characters might team up. Like, I don't consider that a spoiler, but we won't be posting photos or videos or doing anything too spoiler heavy um, because you know, a lot of people don't want to be spoiled. We ourselves pretty much avoid spoilers because we don't know what's real and what's not. Uh, so we'll be covering, you know, yes, we'll be covering filming and kind of general updates that we get, but not getting uh, too much into spoiler territory. Yeah, and... Uh... Real quick before we move on, just to add uh, a little bit to what Jasmine was saying there about the spoilers and the leaks. I think that a good way that you can tell if one is if legit or not is if you go back and look, especially on Twitter, and if it says that their account has been blocked or deleted after they make a post proclaiming that they have spoilers and leaks, then that's usually a good indication that, you know, they really did get you know, some sort of information and they don't want anyone to see it, then, and that has, that has happened. So you just, you just gotta, you know, be very careful when you're online and uh, definitely don't listen to Noah Schnapp because uh, he, uh, 
Uh, I also don't uh, take what he says at face value either. So <laughs> thank you again for your uh, email, Corey. You know, we uh, will definitely get on uh, those lore and Vecna episodes in the very, very, very near future. So uh, hopefully you'll uh, be on the lookout for those and, you know, send in your uh, your feedback on that. So uh, we're going to move into something we kind of touched touch on a little bit, uh, the writer strike. And, um, you know, like we're not really going to talk in depth about what the strike is and what's about i think it's pretty uh self-explanatory and also you know we don't like to get very political on the show and and this is definitely something you can't really bring in politics into it but we what we are going to talk about just a little bit about is something that i think has been weighing very uh, heavy uh on a lot of fan bases mind is uh something you know like you know how will this affect filming for season five and and i think a big question at least that i had was should we even be concerned about a significant delay in filming uh due to the strike um and i'm probably you know gonna say i don't really think we should be uh really concerned uh, i mean yeah it's disappointing but look you know at the end of the day we don't really even know really when exactly they were going to begin filming anyway so and and two to me like you know the duffer brothers made the decision to not you know to delay filming you know it's not something they had to do even though they are a member of the w members of the wga i've been told like that's a decision that was totally up to them uh so i feel like if they knew that this was going to really delay filming they you know they probably wouldn't have i mean i'm sure they would have stood in solidarity i don't think they would have been like yep we're gonna you know we're gonna halt filming but i do think there is a silver lining in this at least we know that you know the scripts have been written but as jasmine and i have learned by doing our, our script uh breakdown episodes is that yeah the the writing really does not end uh, when filming begins because you know that that those scripts will be revised like seven times and really won't be finalized until we're watching it on our screens so yeah it's it's disappointing but i don't think it's we should be like really really concerned about it in terms of having a significant delay jasmine what do you think i mean i think we should be a little bit concerned in the sense that you know, like they, the writers account has put out stuff about how, how like it is thing filming, and I saw, but I don't know if been following the the signs that people have been making with writer strike, like the this physical like signs, like the picket signs that they have. But there's one going around being like, you know, like pay us more. Steve Harrington is toast. Um, so I mean, I think we should be a little bit concerned with the fact that like it it clearly is affecting production and that like if it doesn't I'd say if the strike doesn't end soon you know they plan from what we know they it looks like they plan they plan to start this summer we've heard if it doesn't get resolved soon like that could affect production but if the strike wraps up soon I don't think it's gonna have a huge impact so I think for me it depends how long the strike lasts if this strike drags on and on and on eventually it will start to have an impact but it's not the case then i mean i think it might cause a little bit of delay but it wouldn't be something to super worry about i would say it depends on how long the strike lasts whether or not we need to actually be concerned 
yeah and i um i agree with that um which and two like the way they you know they filmed the show anyway i mean it takes time uh to film it regardless and it seems like they really enjoyed how they they wrote and filmed season four and it seems like they're gonna do a repeat of that with season five so either way and especially like I can imagine the special effects that are going to go into season five, like the, the post-production is going to take a long time. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, you know, it's going to be a while either way, but hopefully, hopefully uh, both sides can, can come to an agreement. And uh, so that not only Stranger Things, but other productions that have been halted or delayed can, can start back soon, which um, <laughs> speaking of rumors and production or not, uh, sometime last week, Netflix, france's twitter account decided to to post uh in french is basically season five is in production and of course everyone was like flocked to that and was like really i thought you know the strike was going on and and uh the the stranger uh writers account came in clutch and like yeah no we're still on strike like that's <laughs> that's not true and so there was definitely some um some mis miscommunication on someone's part over there at the Netflix France's offices probably a summer summer intern or something you know did that probably uh, lost their jobs too uh Jasmine uh, you have any thoughts on that I just thought it was funny because like the stranger writers were like aren't you guys on strike all the time like it's like for all accounts they get it wrong and it's so true like we joke but like France has some of the most like some of the happiest workers like they have they're on strike often but they have like the most vacation days the most holidays so like kudos to branch for striking regularly like it's got them so many things that i wish we had so that's not a that's not a dig at france like it's i wish i wish protest here was more common so we have all those things but it was funny that for a country that like strike so often that there's like apps and maps you can look out of like where strikes are going on to like plan your commute and stuff that they, you know, that they would get that wrong, that they would put out a message saying that season five of Stranger Things is in production. My guess is that they had it saved and somebody hit push instead of save. And my guess would be as someone who does work in social media for a living, that, you know, like when you're working with Hootsuite or one of the other apps, you can, you know, save or publish or schedule and some, probably a new employer on Pinterest, something hit the wrong button. And then nobody caught it. That would be my guess. Because I don't think somebody went in and like manually did that. They probably hit the wrong button. Um, because we know that like filming was supposed to commence at some point, you know, in the next few months. So that would be my take on it. Um, it was kind of amusing. Somebody, yeah, somebody probably lost their job or got shuffled somewhere else. Or yeah, there was uh, there was probably some some fallout for that. Because um, you know. As you put in the in the script notes, you know, Netflix fans shoves foot in mouth. Uh, I think it's a very accurate description of, uh, of what happened there. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I thought it would be. I thought you would get a kick out of that too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's just just an honest mistake that unfortunately happened. You know, for the whole world to see, like you or I, Jasmine, do something like that. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit embarrassing. Uh, but it's you don't come like the laughing stock of the internet uh, within a few seconds. So uh, I definitely, I definitely hope that no one lost their job over that, and that you know it was just they had a good laugh about it, and you know took it with a you know, grain of salt. Uh, so now we are going to get into uh, 
the precipice for today's episodes and that is stranger things trivia uh jasmine would you like to tell the good people what they can expect from uh this trivia game and it's also uh here i hear through the grapevine interactive yes absolutely i love your game show-esque uh introduction there i love it um so yeah um so for our trivia uh today for this segment, we'll each read a trivia question along with some background information, and then we'll pause for a beat to give the other person and our listeners a chance to think, and then we'll answer the question. Uh, be sure to keep track of your answers and comment on the Twitter or Instagram post for this episode with your score. We've got some fun giving, give, wow, gonna redo that sentence. We've got some fun giveaways coming up, uh, so this will be good practice. Yes, it will. It will. You don't want to let those uh, giveaways uh, go to waste, folks. So please, please do us a favor and uh, and uh, comment your answers to our trivia questions. So, uh, Jasmine, uh, would you like to uh, go first with your your questions? Sure. I suppose we can alternate. I think we have about 20 questions. Do I have that right, Ashley? Yes. I uh, went with metaphorical, and I have 11 questions. <laughs> I could not resist. Oh, that's good. Alrighty. Well, we'll start with, we'll start it off with my first question. And here we go. So Vicky's look in season four was based off of 80s icon Molly Ringwald and her looks in Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles in particular. When head and hair designer Sarah Hinsgall, sorry, I mispronounced that, Hinsgall, uh, was looking for the right shade to dye Amy Beth McNulty's wig, she sent photos from 16 Candles to her wig maker, Robert Pickens. As fate would have it, Rewald herself wound up stopping by for a wig fitting a few days later. When they told her what they were trying to do, she was very excited and gave them the exact color that she used to dye her hair back in the 80s so the wig would match perfectly. As luck would have it, they still made the color. So here comes the question. What is that color called? Well, this is a really tough one. <laughs> okay. Because, so, you know, I'm not a hairstylist, Jasmine. <laughs> okay. Right, well, we've got some options, so we're not leaving you hanging. <laughs> oh, good. It's multiple choice. Multiple choice, yes. I really okay. should have done the beat after the multiple choice. I did the beat, and I'm like, nope, I didn't give you the options. <laughs> well, we're not game show professionals, people. What can we say? Okay. Ready for the options? Yes. Okay. So, is it A, coral red, B, firefly red, C, brick red, or D, cherry red. I'm going to go with A, coral red. Alrighty. Those playing along at home, the answer is actually B, firefly red. Oh, I was so very close. close. I was close like, not cigar. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, I knew it really couldn't have been like brick or cherry because those are too dark. I knew coral was lighter and uh, I always thought fireflies were orange so <laughs> well I don't name the colors so I mean I think you're right fireflies I think are probably closer to orange but that that is what the well, color is called before so. <laughs> I knew it was multiple choice I was just gonna say red <laughs> like, <laughs> it is red it is red, red with a mixture of a little orange <laughs> yeah all righty so do you want to go the next question yes so uh, I have uh, all my questions categorized uh, by 
Uh, we got some short answer. We got some multiple choice. And then I ended up with some true or false uh, questions. I wanted a good mixed bag. And, uh, you know, these are like, um, did not do quite as much research as Jasmine <laughs> did. Uh, but I can give you guys a little bit of background about, you know, where the question is coming from um, and all that good stuff. So uh, my first question is, <clears throat> so, you know, we all know that Dustin, at least in the first three seasons, I can't remember. Yeah, it was in it was in season four. Anyway, we know that Dustin has a pet turtle, which I still cannot believe is alive, uh, even after Dart was, you know, in his room and pet Dart did not try to kill his fellow reptile. But this is a short answer question, by the way. So my question is, what is the name of Dustin's pet turtle? The name of his pet turtle? Oh. Yes. That is a good question. Um, okay, well, he names Dark D'Artagnan. Oh, he says the name. Oh, I should know that. He says the name when he gets back from camp in season two. Uh, the cat of Muse. Uh, Dart is called D'Artagnan. I want to say it's another musketeer or... I feel like it's, I don't know, I feel like it's got to be like Michelangelo or something <clears throat> like that. Oh, not that he was a musketeer, I don't know, guys, I'm, that's kind of what's coming to mind for me. Oh, can you give me a clue? What letter does it start with? Uh, a Y. Y? I can't think of anything that's actually a Y. Okay, I, oh, yeah, I cannot think of the answer. Okay, what's the name of his pet turtle? His pet turtle is named Yertle the Turtle. Is named no. after the Dr. Seuss book of the same name. Uh, and Yertle is the king of the pond. And he stands on his subjects in an attempt to reach higher than the moon until the bottom turtle burps and he falls in the mud, ending his rule. It's a very cute yet interesting name for a turtle. Which I always thought was Myrtle. <laughs> until I um, looked it up just to verify that it was Yertle. All right, well, I got that one wrong. So if anybody out there got that one right, hats off to you because... <laughs> well, we're both tied. We're both tied. <laughs> true. Oh, alrighty. Time for the next question. And all of mine are multiple choice. I'm giving you I'm giving you some little hints. All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. So, as has been well documented, the character of Steve Harrington was originally very different. In the original script, he was much more of your typical high school bully and was much more abusive. However, due to Joe Carey's performance, the character was rewritten into the Steve we know today. Carey originally auditioned for the role of Jonathan, but later received a callback for the role of Steve, and it said that originally his character was much more like the jerky boyfriend from Pretty in Pink. Question, what is the name of that character? Is it A, Stefan? B, Steve, C, Steph, or D, Scott? I think it's D. It is C, Steph. Um, I haven't watched that in a long time. And I knew you're, I, I knew the Steve thing. That was a trick. That was a trick answer. Because I was going to like, Steve? Yeah, it's hard. Because I, I, had, I had to look it up, too. And, like, you'd expect him to have a more... 
normal name. But yeah, no, his his name is Steph spelled S-T-E-F-F. -F. Oh, okay. It's not a nickname, apparently. That's unusual. It's literally, <laughs> literally his name is Steph. Okay. So all you uh, John Hughes fans out there, there's a bit of both Stranger Things and John Hughes trivia. So you're welcome. And if you got that one right, congratulations. All right. Ready for the next question? Okay. This is another uh, short answer. <clears throat> so, um, you know, we all know that uh, Dustin's girlfriend, uh, little Susie Poo, um, is uh, a Mormon. And, uh, you know, very, very, apparently a very devout Mormon. And so uh, are her family, except for an older sister. <laughs> uh, but uh, the question is, what state does Susie live in? Oh, Utah. She lives in Utah. Yes. Okay, you're you're one up on me. I only know that because Mormons are famous for living in Salt Lake City, Utah. I don't know if she actually lives in Salt Lake. I don't know if they established that, but they say she does live in Utah, which is famous for having a ton of Mormons. So that's yes. the only reason I know that. <laughs> all right oh all righty so actually i have you been keeping i get i guess i'm i'm it's one zero right is that the score i should be keeping track of this. yes because i haven't gotten any right so okay. far <laughs> okay let me just i should have been keeping track of this all right here we go i'm telling you all to keep track at home and then i i forgot to keep track myself okay one point to me all right we're keeping score Okay, are you ready for the next question? Let's do it. All right. The subtitles in season four have been lauded for both their creativity and immersiveness. Not only do the subtitles describe exactly the sound we're hearing at that moment, but they're also, let's face it, fun to read. Jeff T. and the aptly named Carly Webster are the geniuses behind these beloved descriptions. Question. Which of the following descriptions does not, I repeat, not appear in season four? A, wet sweltering, B, eldridge thrumming, C, dissonant gerbering, or D, carrying emotional music? Is it C? Incorrect. It is D. Oh my gosh. I should have known. Well, I don't, I don't watch the subtitles because it <laughs> distracts me. I, I can't watch... I can't watch them at the same time. So the only the only reason I knew, uh, like the wet squelching one, uh, and the Eldrick Boys one is because I've heard it on like different podcasts talking about it. That's the only reason that I uh, know about that. So for those of you listening at home, there was actually a bit of a trick question because tender emotional music is a subtitle that does appear. But it's tender oh. emotional music, not caring emotional music. So for those, can I at least get half fish, credit for that? I okay, we can give her a half point. I think we can give Ashley a half point for that. Thanks. You get a point five, little point five there. So a bit of a trick question for all you uh, subtitle aficionados uh, out there. Well, I can definitely tell you, like you guys, uh, that uh, my multiple choice questions are much harder than my short answer questions so um we will see you know what the score is by the time we get there all right so this this question um is my final short answer question and um 
uh, Jasmine, uh, this one might hit a little close to home, but, um, you know, Steve very well known for his, uh, for the, using a nail bat, uh, in seasons one and two, didn't see it in season three, uh, or season four, unfortunately. So hopefully it makes a comeback in season five, you know, since they're bringing everything, uh, you know, back full circle to season one. Uh, so the question is who made, again, I repeat, made the nail bat that Steve used in seasons one and two. I know the answer to this. So it's actually a multi-part answer because the bat itself originally belongs to Nancy. And she tells Steve that she's thinking of trying out for baseball or softball or something like that. Um, but it's Jonathan who nails the bats, or not the bats, <laughs> nails the nails into the bat and it becomes the spiky bat. And he drops it during the fight and Steve picks it up. So the bat belonged to Nancy. They both fought the nails. And then Jonathan nailed the nails into it. So technically belonged to Nancy, but was created by Jonathan. Yes, correct on all fronts. And I included that question because it, it secretly uh, drives me nuts when I hear people give Steve all the credit for the snail bat. I'm like, yeah, he used it and it was super cool. But he did not nail the nails in the bat. He did not. It was not his bat. He did not provide this bat. It was Jonathan and Nancy's plan for, to use this thing all along. But again, Jonathan dropped it and Nan, uh, and Steve comes in clutch and uses it and saves the day. So I feel like, you know, I, I had to throw that one in there to set a little record straight, if I may. I thought I'd use it, you know, be creative and use it in trivia. Hey, we're all about setting the record straight here at ham radio so come here for the you know come for the trivia stay for the facts what i'm saying <laughs> all righty are you ready for the next question i am all right here we go the blonde wig and pink dress that eleven wore in season one while hiding in plain sight have become iconic not many people know this but the blonde wig that eleven wears actually has more of a backstory than most people realize as it turns out the wig originally belonged to mike's grandmother who passed away from cancer, which is why the wig is so expensive and nice looking. The hair department tried over 250 cheap wigs for 11, but decided there was no way the entirety of Hawkins Middle School was going to believe that any of them were her real hair. As a result, an entire backstory was created about the wig to explain this. Question, how much did the wig cost? Was it A, $8,000, B, $2,000, C, $6,000, D, $900. Are we, are we talking uh, in terms of uh, uh, like a 2016 budget here? Or are we, are yeah, we talking... this would have been the budget. This would have been the 2015, 2016 budget when the show, when the show was filmed. Okay. The one would have been filmed. Okay. So I feel like $900 would be an 80s, more of an 80s uh price uh before you know inflation feel like it's either b or c i'm, I'm gonna go with b and that is incorrect what <laughs> it was a the wig cost eight thousand dollars what i'm <laughs> so close jasmine i like i'm so close i can feel it i can feel it but at least <laughs> At least I knew to account for inflation, and I knew it you wasn't... did. You did account for inflation. Okay. Um, 
the so the story on this one is that like they tried so many cheap wigs and of course cheap wigs are synthetic. They haven't outright said this, but I imagine an eight thousand dollar wig is probably real human hair. I would imagine it is for eight thousand yeah. dollars. Um, and especially since they said it was a cancer, like this backstory is, is that it was a cancer wig, which are typically made out of real human hair. I would imagine that's probably why, like they tried a bunch of synthetic wigs and none of it worked. Um, so yeah, I mean, your entries were good. I mean, you said B or C and he was $6,000. So, I mean, that was a good guess. You accounted for inflation. It was just like a really, 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 really expensive wig. And at the time when season one came out, it was this huge, um, not controversy, but people were talking about it because, you know, there's that meme that goes around where they're like, the most unrealistic thing about Stranger Things is that we're expected to believe that like three teen, like three middle school age <laughs> boys made a girl like look this good with no experience, like a costume wig and a dress. But yeah. if you actually look into the the backstory, the backstory is it's a cancer wig, which is made of higher quality. The dress and the makeup belong to Nancy, and the Willers have money, so this is like. She's wearing like high quality stuff that belongs to like yeah. Nancy, her grandmother, possibly Karen. Um, so it's, it's high quality stuff, people. That's <laughs> that's rude. Rude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, to, uh, yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot of money. I mean, like, it's probably worth a lot more now too, Ooh, because yeah. it's it's you know now it's famous. You know, people people they uh would you wouldn't believe what people would probably spend to to buy that wig because Millie Bobby Brown wore it and it was in the show. It's crazy. So uh, this is my first multiple choice question. Uh, so we know that the uh, the Creel House was a very integral part of uh, season four, especially um, in the Hawkins uh, storyline. So uh, the question is, what is on the stained glass door of the Creel House, like the front door? Uh, is it A, a bird, B, a red rose, C, uh, the crucifixion of uh, Jesus Christ, or D, a daisy? That would be B, a red rose. Correct. I think that's like probably one of the coolest things uh, um, of the show in season four was um, <clears throat> the door and I... We don't have enough, nearly enough time to get into it tonight, but, um, you know, you, I would encourage everyone to keep a lookout, you know, when you're watching season four about that door, because um, it, it's very, I think, very important, because uh, in, in fact, does mind world, it's like the only thing that's not broken, besides the clock, so it's it's very interesting. That's interesting, I hadn't thought about that, that it's the only not broken thing. But like I, I've seen, I've thought about the fact that perhaps like the doorway is like a gateway between the worlds. That maybe once the barrier is broken, like or something like that. But yeah, you're right. It's interesting that it's the only not broken thing. Although you'd think if he could use it as a an entry point, he would have just done that. He wouldn't need the gates. So yeah, that's interesting. And they also they never explain why the clocks are upside down and they're floating and they've got like the tentacles. Well, I hope we're going to get into that because if the answer is just that's Vecna's mind world and there's no other explanation, I will be sad. I really hope we're going to get into like, why is that? Why is the door there? Why is 
Like, why did it look like that? I really hope, like, it has to do with time, but I hope we're going to get into, you know, more about why that is, you know? Yeah, well, it's probably, the answers, if there are any answers, Jasmine, it's probably going to come in that stage play that we can't see. But um, we'll talk more about that uh, at the end of tonight's episode, folks. Jasmine, you have a question. Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> Throughout season four, beloved character Eddie Munson wears a leather jacket and a denim vest adorned with patches and pins featuring heavy metal bands such as Megadeth, Motorhead, Iron Maiden, Wasp, and Judas Priest. His vest also features a large Dio back patch, which was made from a genuine vintage Dio t-shirt that was donated by the estate of Ronnie James Dio as his ex-wife, Wendy Walters, sent the crew vintage shirts and sweatshirts for them to use. Question. What was Dio's first big hit as a band? A, Holy Water, B, Rainbow in the Dark, C, Sacred Scars, D, Inferno. D? Sorry, you say D or B? D. D, Inferno. That is incorrect. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is rigged. It's rigged. That one was a bit of a trick question, which I almost told you, but... It was B, Rainbow in the Dark. Oh. Yeah, but it's well, really, uh, <laughs> really like, well, interesting. Rainbow in the Dark, yeah. Yeah, like there was a rainbow room this season, and the antagonist is in the dark, I guess. I, wow. I had not thought about I, that. I thought it was Inferno. Like, I, I'm pretty sure there's a song called Inferno. So, Inferno was one of their big hits, but it was not their first big hit. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I see. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. That was like a hardcore, if you're a hardcore Dio fan. Yeah. You know, for all those Dio fans out there. <laughs> all right. So um, in season one, the, the ham radio that um, Mr. Clark, that's a brand new ham radio that they, the AV Club uh, just purchased. And Mr. Clark, so excited, showed off to uh, Mike, Will, I mean, excuse me, Mike, uh, Dustin, and Lucas. And uh, so there's a certain scene when they bust in to go use it and uh, they're all excited and all that. And uh, so my, my question is, where can the ham radio, that ham radio in season one reach to? Is it A, California, B, New Zealand, C, Russia, or D, Australia? I think it's D Australia because somebody make a makes a comment makes a comment about kangaroos. Yeah, it's it's D. Yeah, uh, Dustin says, uh, "Do you eat kangaroos for breakfast?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. And and Mike also talks in an Australian accent. I think he says something like "Mike Wheeler here" or something like that. I I feel like we should point out that. Mr. Clark was excited to show it to Will as well, but that Will was not there that day because, as we later find out, he has gone missing. So, yes, but the ham radio was integral in finding out where he was. So, very true, very true. And it helped Joyce make contact with him. So, it did. It did. Reached further than they really thought it could. Exactly. Yeah. It's even farther than Australia. <laughs> yeah. The land down under. Yes. It went, oh, it didn't, it didn't go down there, but it did go upside down. So, you know. Yeah. All righty. Ready for the next question? I am. Okay. I feel a bit bad. <laughs> I feel like 
Yeah, I know you're wiping the floor with me because um because I forgot all about like uh you know giving like background stuff and so I just met these questions and I'm like well this seems kind of like challenging you know but then I'm like no Jasmine now I think about it like Jasmine pays attention too much to the show so like she's gonna get this yeah I I mean it is a little bit unfair and that like a I am very good at trivia and b I'm very detail oriented like I can I remember like fine details like if I'm interested in something very very easy and my brain's always worked that way. So I feel like it is a little bit stacked. Um, but nonetheless, we are having fun. So. Yeah, it's great time. Great time. It's what it's all about. Yeah. Fun. Fun, fun. Yeah. Also, if you, in addition to your scores, if any of you have interesting pieces of Stranger Things trivia, you'd love to see us cover in a future episode, or a piece of trivia you think is really neat or interesting that, like, not a lot of people might know, feel free to comment that, too, on the Twitter and Instagram posts uh, for this episode as well. Yeah, send them in. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to share them. Alrighty, so, next question. The skateboard we see Max ride throughout the show is made by Madrid Skateboards, which is the same brand that Marty McFly rides in 1985's Back to the Future. Her skateboard design, which is called Explosion, was a staple of Madrid's skateboard collection throughout the 1980s. In true fangirl fashion, Max's bedroom and school locker are decorated with lots of Madrid stickers. And of course, when season two premiered, Madrid partnered with Netflix to sell replicas of Max's skateboard as well as other designs inspired by the show. Question, what kind of Madrid skateboard did Marty McFly ride? A, Santa Cruz, B, Shaman, C, Valterra, D, Explosion. Oh, feel like it's either C or D. Okay. I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. Okay. Uh, these are all real skateboard designs that Madrid makes. I don't know if that actually helps, but (laughs) so you said C or D, right? Yeah, I feel like it's either C or D. Okay. Final answer. I'm gonna go with C. You are correct. Oh my gosh, I actually got one. Wow. Hey, Volterra. Ah, this is great. I'm not going to go home a complete loser. That's a moral victory. Yes. And I picked ones that were like popular like in the 80s um, that are part of their collection that they reissued when Stranger Things came out. So this is for all you skateboard fans out there or Back to the Future fans or Max fans. Uh, it was actually really fun. I did a lot of research on this question and looking at the different designs and stuff and how it's really cool these designs that were like so popular in the 80s got this big, you know, they obviously got this, you know, very popular skateboard company, got this huge boost from Back to the Future, got another big boost from, you know, when Stranger Things 2 came out. I mean, not that they needed it, like it's a, it's, you know, it's a major skateboard company, but it's really cool that these are actual designs and they got this second life and it's really cool that uh, they were able to do that and they're cool skateboards. So that is some Back to the Future Max Madrid trivia for all of you. Awesome. Yay. All right. So uh, we know that Vecna's clock very big in season four. Heck, it might be big in season five. It's the first we've really, well, actually, there since season four has come out, you know, there's been big, you know, trying to make connections of, oh, we heard the clock throughout. And yeah, we did hurt. We heard a lot of ticking noises and 
clock sounds, but in terms of like the actual grandfather clock that Vetna uses, uh, season four is like the first time that we've actually heard this particular one. So, uh, question How many times does Vecna's clock chime? Is it A, 1, B, 4, C, 10, or D, 5? I'm going to go with 5. Yeah, I'm going to go with 5. I'm going to go with it chimes 5 times. Okay, uh, so no, that uh, that is incorrect, Jasmine. Uh, it uh, chimes four times. Uh, as Max pointed out in episode three, she said it chimes uh, exactly four times uh, while you're having a vision. Alrighty, ready for the next question? I am. Alrighty. So, in season four, chapter six, The Dive, Steve... Steve tells the group that he needs to be the one to check out Watergate because he's the most qualified, explaining he was co-captain of the Hawkins High Swim Team for three years and is a certified lifeguard. This is a callback to a plot that was originally supposed to be a part of season one. Instead of showing Steve as a star basketball player at practice, like we see in season two, he was supposed to be a star swimmer at a swim meet. Thinking he would be shown in an 80s speedo, Joe Curie paid for lessons and trained for six weeks prior to the start of filming to get into shape for the role. However, when he arrived on set for the first time, he was told that the swim meet plot had been cut. Luckily for us, they decided to return to this plot in season four. Now, for longtime listeners, you will know that I actually talked about this in a previous episode. So if you were caught up on our previous episodes, and if Ashley remembers me talking about this, you will get it right and Ashley will get it right. So, here we go. Question. Why did Steve being a swimmer have to be cut from season one? A. Joe Carey wasn't in good enough shape. B. They ran out of time in the story. Or C. They couldn't get the pool for filming. i just like to point out to everyone, if I get this question wrong, I have so many responsibilities for this podcast like you wouldn't believe so i probably did not hear jasmine talk about this but if i get it right then i'll have listened i i think it was a that is incorrect oh my gosh it is c they couldn't get the pool for filming oh okay well see Everyone, I have so many responsibilities <laughs> for this podcast and our uh and our parent company. Okay. I I'm, you know, like the CEO. Like I have the little people do all this stuff for me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, no. I pro- I just really did not, I, I probably really don't remember you saying that, but it's just a lesson for me, you know, I got to go back and re-listen to all the episodes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, they couldn't get the pool for filming, and it's not clear if that was for budgetary, and that they couldn't afford the pool, or the pool wasn't available. It's unclear why they couldn't get the pool for filming, uh, and jump forward to season four, you know, not only do they have helicopter money, but they have created an entire artificial like money so you know yeah. just how budget. much 
budget. Yeah, budget. How much, uh, you know, things have things have changed. Uh, yeah, and of course. Geez. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, you know, of course we know in season three, Hawkins has a community pool, so they like they could have used that for their swim meets. So yeah, it's budget. Yeah, I mean, by season three, they obviously had community pool money. Like they just didn't have. You know, again, we don't know if the pool wasn't available or if there was budget. You know what I mean? They could have had the budget and the, just the local pool was not available. Like, it's not available, it's not available. You know what I mean? Like, you're not yeah. knocking, you can't knock the real swim team <laughs> so you can film a fake swim team. <laughs> so, yeah. Some, somewhere out there, there's a, there's a swim team that uh, went to the championships, the finals. I don't know what the final things are called in, in swim in, in swim meets, if somebody knows, please let us know. Uh, but somebody out there went to finals, and they insulted Steve Harrington. So you know, <laughs> good for you guys. You know, whoever had the pool. All right. So this uh, this next question, I mean, Jasmine, you will most definitely get this one right. I'm just gonna lay it out there. Okay. So where does Argyle work? Like, what type of place does he work? Not the name of the place that he works but what type of places he work a a deli b a theme park c a pizza restaurant or d a roller rink that would be c a pizza restaurant yeah yeah you got it right okay i don't know why you had to ask you know you got it right yeah but that's the point <laughs> Okay, are you ready for the next question? <laughs> I am. Maybe I can keep off the mute button. <laughs> yeah, keep off the mute button. <laughs> okay, so in season one, Jonathan failed to make sure Will came home the night he disappeared because he was working late. While his job during this time is never stated in the show, it can be assumed he quit this job following the first season as his employment there is not mentioned in season two. In season three, he begins working as an intern at the Hawkins Post, but is fired along with Nancy in chapter four of the Sonic Test. At the start of season four, he is presumed to be unemployed, as the job is not mentioned, and we see that his car is broken down and has been out of commission for quite some time. As most superfans will know, before it became Stranger Things, the show was originally called Montauk, and the pilot script can be found online. Question. According to the Montauk script, where does Jonathan work in season one? So for those of you who read the script, you will know the answer to this. A, the Hawkins Post. B, Surfer Boy Pizza. C, Scoops Ahoy. D, the Hawk Theater. Um, D. You are correct. Yay. <laughs> well, I like, um, and speaking of that, like our first episode of this podcast ever, when I, it was just me, okay, and we were actually at that time called Through the Ham Radio Podcast, I uh, recorded, I did a script reading of the script for Montauk, so if you don't want to go and read it for yourselves, uh, please, you know, go uh, listen to it. Um, I really enjoyed uh, that script, and it's it's completely different from the vanishing of will buyers i can tell you that like it's there's some elements to it that are similar but that it's a little bit darker and uh, there's some things in there that i kind of hope um make a little bit of an appearance uh, in season five but yeah i encourage everyone you go listen to 
uh, that episode, or you can, like Jasmine said, go uh, look it up online, read it for yourself. It's available out there. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I knew he worked at the theater uh, in that script, and also the other the other jobs didn't come on till later. So, yeah. An interesting fact about that. So in the Montauk script, as Ashley said, he's listed as working at the movie theater. It doesn't become the Hawk Theater until it becomes Stranger Things. Right. Because it wasn't, the town wasn't called, Haw called Hawkins in the script. It's literally at Montauk, New York, which is a real place. So, um, but you should look that up too. And the Montauk Project, because a lot of Stranger Things, it's based on uh, Montauk. And this is not... Uh, a trivia question but for those of you who may not know well obviously Stranger Things was going to be Montauk but they uh, changed it to uh, Hawkins uh, Indiana because they could not get something you know with the filming and stuff up there in uh, Long Island on Montauk that's why it was moved but I actually like the change in them having a fictional town and stuff think it's it's really cool um while also paying homage to montauk and you know bringing light to to what happened there were what allegedly happened in the montauk project uh some of that stuff real some of it's it's stranger things so <laughs> so my my last multiple choice question is um about barbara what is barb's last name a holland b howard c hadley or D. Hollingsworth? That would be Holland. Correct. <laughs> Again, I thought maybe if I put a bunch of H's in there, it would trip you up, Jasmine. Nope. <laughs> I, I'm pretty hard to trip, I must say. Yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> I, got, I got that. <laughs> Alrighty, let's do the next question. So, it's well known that the Duffer brothers are huge Stephen King fans, and that his novels and their adaptations have had a huge influence on the show, and that King himself is a fan of the show. As revealed in season two, when Joyce starts dating beloved character Bob Newby, that he grew up in Hawkins and attended Hawkins High School with Joyce and Hopkins. He also spent time in Maine, where his parents now reside. This is a direct reference to the fact that most of King's novels are set in Maine, where he has lived for most of his life. Bob also tells Will about his childhood fear of clowns and how they haunted his dreams, which is a reference to King's 1986 horror novel, It, which is also set in Maine. Question, how many adaptations of It have there been to date? Now, keep in mind, this is to date of our recording, which is taking place, what, June of 2023? So if you listen to Quinn in the future, the book can change. It's recording now. So... How many adaptations to date have there been? Four adaptations. B, six adaptations. C, two adaptations. D, three adaptations. A, four. You are correct. Yay. Well, <laughs> I, I knew uh, the, the newer ones, two parts, and so were the, the original ones from the early 90s. Which I know too, they're also making a, a prequel series. It's supposed to come out. They, they're so they're actually filming in Canada. I heard it's it's supposed to be called Dairy. So by that point, it will have been five. Well, not really of the original 
book but of the it story that's interesting i didn't know they were doing a prequel series although it does make sense to film up here you'd have landscapes that would look similar to to maine that would be a lot cheaper to film in and less people so i could definitely see why they'd film it up here yeah it seems uh seems really interesting you should check yeah, it, it does out seem interesting yeah and as many shady things fans will know finn wolfhard starred in one of the adaptations that came out is the one of the more recent ones i believe yeah i think he was in the first one yeah the, when they're when they're little kids um I, also i don't know you may have seen this already ashley but as uh, so we were watching i think when we were preparing to watch season four my friend that i worked with amy we were chatting because she's the king's has read uh novels the movies and we were chatting about it and we're chatting about the, um, you know, Bob uh, storyline in season two, and she she's read it, and we're chatting, and so as we're we're talking about it, so basically like she's like yeah the the, the implication there after she's explained the whole the whole plot and everything she's like yeah the implication there is that Bob so that it's like it the clown was running around in Maine. And then Bob experienced it, but he didn't really thought it was a dream. He didn't realize it was real, that he narrowly escaped it. <laughs> like, that's the implication there, that Bob narrowly escaped it. It was advice to Will, like, if the clown goes away because of the events of the novel, not because Bob tells it to go away. And likewise, <laughs> when Will tells the mind player to go away, it does not go away, it gets him. So basically... I mean, Bob had no no way of knowing his advice was bad. Just to him, he said, you know, he stood up to it and it went away. In reality, a bunch of kids, not unlike Will, you know, um, wind up dealing with it. And that's why Bob does not die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but later does die in uh, season two of Stranger Things. So we were chatting about how, like, basically, if, you know, if that had not happened, the family would have moved to Maine and basically, like, become like a stranger uh, like a Stephen King novel basically yeah basically <laughs> had, had Bob had Bob not died um so I just thought that was like when she told me that I was like oh so basically like that's what they're saying it's like yeah basically and then <laughs> she she's laughing later in season four when um I didn't catch it again because I haven't read it um and I, I would never see the movies are far too um horror scary for me but so the part when they're in the basement and Dustin is talking about their theory about Vecna and Steve makes some comment about like, so what? He comes back and kills, you know, teenagers, you know, this many years and then goes dormant. Like, no, nah, I don't buy it. And how ridiculous that is. Amy's laughing and I'm like, why are you laughing? And she's like, that's literally the plot of it. The amount of time they just mentioned that's yeah. what it the clown does. Yeah. <laughs> They're literally making fun of like the absurdity of it. <laughs> like in a loving way, they're obviously huge fans, but she's like, yeah, like that's literally the that's literally the plot. Yeah. And um also the Duffer brothers uh campaigned really hard to direct the it the new uh it movies when it came out. Uh, but they were, uh, unfortunately for them, denied, and that's when they 
we're like, well, I guess we'll just go make our own version. And if it hadn't have been for that rejection, we probably would not uh, have Stranger Things today, or at least not as we know it. So uh, rejection, uh, just going to show you sometimes rejection is tough. It hurts, but uh, sometimes it can be a good thing. So uh, my first true or false question is uh, Vegna believes humans are superior and deserve nothing but puppies and happiness in life. True or false? Uh, that would be false. Hey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, he, well, I mean, if, if anyone out there uh, picked true, uh, I think you could get uh, half credit for that because Vecna, or at least Henry Creel, uh, believes he is superior and uh, I think there is yet a still still a human with inside him under all that monstery badness so if you put true uh, you can still get a little credit for that but the answer is indeed false so my last question is well I guess you have 11 uh, but my last question is also kind of like a silly one and that the answer is um, similarly obvious, or at least I hope it is. <laughs> I, I decided to kind of throw in a bonus point here. I didn't realize you were going to need it quite so badly, to be honest. Oh, um, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> what did I forget? Not everyone has the mind for detail and trivia that I do. So <laughs> uh, that's not a personal job. I just sometimes I forget that because, like, Amy just for anybody out there who's like man I, I i'm not doing so well i didn't get very many like amy will repeatedly like ask me and be like wait what's the timeline on this i feel like i missed that like what are we doing here no 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 this happened yeah yeah what happened to so and so so you're not the only one and she's you know just as big a fan as i am so well that's okay works differently. that's okay jasmine because uh once we're done here i'm docking your pay from zero to <laughs> negative. <laughs> I've got it to negative pay. <laughs> yes. Oh. All right. You ready for the question? I am. Okay. In the original pilot script, Mike had a crush on his classmate, Jennifer Hayes, who is described as being one of the popular girls at Hawkins Middle School. In season one, chapter five, The Flea and the Acrobat, when the party attends Will's funeral, they take notice of Jennifer crying. They're excited to tell Will about this when they visit him in the hospital in Chapter 8, The Upside Down, but Will appears disinterested and is unmoved by Jennifer's show of affection. In Season 3 and 4, we learn more about Will's attitude towards girls, dating, and having a girlfriend. Question. Why is Will not interested in Jennifer? A. She once stole his crayons in elementary school. B. He thinks she smells bad. C. He knows Mike has a huge crush on her. D, Will is gay and in love with Mike. Huh. It's a very loaded question, Jasmine. I mean, I know it's D in my heart. Like, I know it's D. But at this, at this point in season one, we don't know that. So I think it's A. Okay, clarification point. I'm going by what we know by the end of season four. Oh, well, it's D. Helpful. It's definitely D. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Yay, I finally got one by default. <laughs> no, you had the right answer. I mean, she could have stolen his crayons. It's just never mentioned that she steals his crayons. So for all we know, 
you know, for, I mean, originally in the pilot script, you know, Mike had a crush on her, so that was originally true, but for Montauk, it's true, not for Stranger Things. Yeah. We don't know if she smells bad. We don't know if she stole his crayon. She could have, but it's never mentioned. So we just don't know. <laughs> yeah. I wish we could have seen her again, at least, you know, once or. I kind of. You know, I kind love of, triangle between Mike and Eleven. Like, that would have no. been, like, a lot more interesting. Even though Eleven probably wouldn't have really understood. And, you know, before she lost her powers, probably would have killed the girl. But, um,. I mean, well, she did get jealous of Max that one time from, like, you know, lack of communication. But I'm talking, like, a real, true, you know, Mike caught in the middle thing. Headcanon-wise, I'd love to see that. But, yeah, fantasy. I'd, I'd actually like to see Jennifer make a comeback in season five. Like, because they yeah. presumably all still attend the same high school, so. Yeah, and the I'd two love- bullies from season one, too. Yeah, I, I'd honestly love to see that to see if she still has a crush on him. Like, I'd love to see him try to navigate that. And, I mean, if long-time listeners will know about my, my well, less my theory, but more my hope for season five that they're going to introduce a love interest for Will. And I think it'd be super interesting to have it play out something like, uh, you know, how in season four, you know, Robin's into Vicky, but then we realize she has a boyfriend, and then you find out that, like, you know, what the story is with that, and then the end of the season, you know, kind of on the road to being together. Uh, not that exact plot, but I'd love to see something like, you know, they introduce a love interest for Will, and that's moving forward, and, you know, we see him, you know, Mike working to repair their friendship, and Elle, you know, and, you know, how that affects his relationship with, with Elle, and, you know, and then we find out that, like, oh, yeah, and then Jennifer Hayes still has feelings for him and Will trying to navigate that while not outing himself. Like, I think I think that could be an interesting plot if they did something like that. I think it could be interesting if done mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there, there, are, there are many possibilities. Um, would you like to give me your, your 11th question? Uh, yes, well, I actually have two left. So this is number 10. All right, because you're going back and forth. Okay, so this should be 10. Yeah. So uh, true or false, the Nina Project is located in Nevada. This feels like a trick question, but I'm going to go with true. Yes. It's in the okay. desert in Nevada. Somewhere in Nevada. We don't know. I don't think we know specifically where, but at the coordinates, it's in Nevada. Probably near where Dr. Owens lives, I would think. Uh, and then the 11th and final question. Uh, Will Byers went missing on November 6th, 1984. True or false? Sorry, a bunch of my stuff just rolled onto the floor. Okay, so you said 1984? Yeah. Okay, let me do the math on this. Well, we had four seasons, and we're in 1986 in season four. So we have 86, 85, 84. No, it's got to be It's got to be false. It's got to be 1983 that he went missing. Yes. Well, ah. well, the the question is false. Yeah, you got that right. The question is false. But you also, yeah, he went missing on November 6th, 1983, which this year on on uh, Stranger Things Day, which is November 6th, for those of you who don't know, it will have been, if this were real life, 40 years since that happened. So I really hope they knock it out of the park this year and, and do uh, do something really special for that anniversary. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for uh, playing uh, Strange Revenge. We should tally up the scores, though. We should tally up the scores. Uh, Well, we don't need to do that. (laughs) I think we know what the scores are. (laughs) You only missed like two. I missed like ten. All right, we'll do another one. Because we know they're not as off as we thought. Because I got nine and you got 4.5. Oh, wow. (laughs) My favorite number. My favorite number. I mean, you had one more question than I did, so I feel like I could give you an extra, maybe an extra point there because we our questions were off, so it was a little bit rigged in my favor, unintentionally. So we give you one more point. That's five point five. Yay! Okay, I'm satisfied. <laughs> All right. So everyone, thank you for playing this round of trivia with us today. Like we said earlier. Um, you know, please uh, comment on our, our Twitter and our Instagram pages when we make the post about uh, this episode, uh, your answers. And then um, whoever uh, wins will uh, will be in for uh, some super cool prizes. Uh, but we do have two two quick things we, we kind of want to discuss because it's uh, the latest and the greatest of, you know, I guess, Stranger Things news. Uh, and that being uh, the Stranger Things play. And also, um, To Dumb this year will be on June 17th uh, instead of September. Uh, and apparently there's going to be something about Stranger Things. Uh, so I think real quick, me and Jasmine will talk about uh, To Dumb and then we'll get into the, the play and then we'll get you guys out of here. So uh, Jasmine, do you have any big expectations uh, for To Dumb as it regards Stranger Things? like big expectations i was thinking about how it was last year and i remember that there was a i think there was a little bit of like a quiz thing with some of the cast which i actually did better on than the cast because i mean they're in it like they're not sitting at home studying this you know what i mean so i remember that so i think we're gonna get some cool stuff with the cast because i do that every year um it would be nice to get like a little bit of a teaser trailer maybe I don't know if we will. I, I mean, I could see them doing something like, you know how before season four dropped, before we got like a te- even like a teaser trailer or like a trailer trailer? Maybe that little thing with the four with the vines on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, something like that I could see them doing because they could they could whip that up. Um, it would be cool to get another episode title. Um, I don't know if we will though, or maybe even just some dates for when we might expect to see it or when filming will start. Although that depends on the writer's strike, so I might not have that information. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. You know, I'm expecting the big, the high expectations for me are Stranger Things Day. I think we'll get some stuff at Tidum, but not a, not a whole lot in comparison. What do you think? Yeah, my my expectations are like to the floor, um, and that's like uh, you know really every year to dumb. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really expecting anything big. I think, like you said, if there is anything even remotely Stranger Things five related, it would be um, a graphic, like you know, a little teaser trailer thing, like they did uh, for season four. I think that would be pretty cool, or maybe even hopefully they just you know, release another episode title. I think that would be pretty awesome. I think whatever it is, though, it's obviously something that has been pre-recorded. Uh, I don't think it's it's live. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Now, what we might actually get, 
uh, again, could be a rehash of something in season four or, you know, quiz thing, you know, something, something like that. But definitely hope for at least something, you know, some content related. I've also heard, uh, you know, things might be about the play. I really hope not. Uh, and I don't think it really will be because from what I understand, um, Netflix is not really um, involved with the, the stage play. Um, so I don't think it'd be like that, but I definitely think something from the art department would, I think, be doable because, you know, you don't really have to write anything for that. And, and typically, you know, pre-production stuff like the art department wardrobe, they get going pretty fast, even during the writing process. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, but I'm keeping my expect expectations very low. So I'm not disappointed, you know? Yeah, I, I get that. And I think you're right. I think whatever it is, I mean, if you look at the footage from last year, it's obviously pre-recorded. Like I I kind of figured that they do what Netflix to dumb is, you know, recorded. It's probably okay. They kind of see what their top shows are. You know what I mean? Like ahead of schedule. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they look at the numbers. They look at what's the most popular. And, you know, then they get those actors together and they film some content on the soundstage. And there's even times I think where most of the actors are in one place and one or two actors of that cast weren't. So, I mean, that even goes to show you, that, you know, like, okay, if they were filming it live, they'd all be together, but they're not because, you know, that actor had to go to another project. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think they probably want Stranger Things for probably rap, they probably filmed something. Also because the actors will look different. Like that's the other thing people have to think about is that like, well, the actors are going to look different as they take different roles in the interim. So that's another reason they would pre-record because it's like, well, you look similar to your character now. Whereas people you would expect you to look, you might not look like that three months from now. We have to do this now. So I think it's interesting that they bumped it up. You know? I think that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. And... Yeah, I, I agree. It'd be nice to see some stuff with the cast, like we've talked about, but at the same time, yeah, expectations are, are low. And I agree. I, I don't think they're going to do stuff about the play. I hope not, because as we've talked about, um, if it's not going to be available like through Netflix globally, which originally I think we thought it was going to be like streamed on the service, if they're not going to do that, then there's no real incentive for Netflix there. And... I mean, quite frankly, I'm not tuning into to Dumb to see additional things. I'm tuning in for, okay, well, what's coming up with my favorite shows? And I'm really excited for Dumb this year because there's a number of shows that, like last year, I only really knew, I only really recognized Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. I like skipped over everything else. Um, apart from, I think, some stuff from Ellie Bobby Brown. But this year, you know, there's Stranger Things, there's Wednesday, there's uh, Heartstopper, there's Bridgerton. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that uh, I'm excited about. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for Tadam this year. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be uh, tuning in. I'm sure Jasmine will, will as well. Um, but um, segue a little bit um, to the play. I don't, don't know why. Uh I find it, you know, necessary to really talk about this, uh, but uh, we did, you know, they dropped a, a little uh, video teaser thing within the last week, and it featured a, a black cat, a blood moon, a black crow, and 
church with what looked like to be um, either a young girl or a young woman or a woman uh, looking out of the window and uh, very cryptic. And, uh, you know, Jasmine and I, we're not going to really get into uh, what we really think it really all means. Uh, I think it's it really, you know, connects uh, probably to Henry's powers. Some incident maybe happened with the cat or the crow or something like that. You know, I just, and I don't like to get off on tangents because, you know, it's really not really that important. But again, you know, I just, uh, and, and they keep confirming, by the way, that this, this play is canon. I just I feel like, you know, if this play is canon, then the stuff that is in this play, it should be in the show. Or they should at least make it accessible to, you know, the masses globally. Or uh, even mention it in season five. Like, I hope they at least do that. Because, I mean, I just think, like, it is, I think, so, you know, absent-minded of them to put on a play that is supposed to be canon and supposed to be key to the ending. And I'm not saying, like, I, um, what's the word, um, criticizing them for, you know, using different mediums to tell the story. Like, I think that's great. But for them to be like, yeah, if, if unless you can afford the airfare and accommodations to fly out to London and stay here for at least a week and oh yeah take a week off from your job and not to mention to pay for expensive tickets to come see this play you're not going to watch this play and and yeah we're not you know going to bring be bringing it to the states anytime soon which even if they did it would be in New York which again you'd have to do the same thing uh, depending on where you live, uh, as you would for London, and I just, it just blows my mind that that's what happened, I mean, you know, what, you know, do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I agree, I, I think if they, you know, if it's one of those things that, like, you know, with, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where, like, the shows and the movies feed into each other, if, in that case, you can access that stuff globally. Whereas with this, you can only access it if you're in the UK or like Europe. Like you can, you know, get or get there easily. Uh, I mean, of course, other people can fly, but it's really only super accessible to people in Europe. So I agree. I mean, I think if they're going to be, if it's that critical, if it really is canon, then it should be, you know, it, it should either have a touring production attached to it or it should be like, you know, New York, London, like the major theater centers you know, in each country, right? Or, you know, or even just the major ones, like even just, you know, New York and, and London would be an improvement. Um, but really, I mean, Netflix has a global audience and yeah. Jamie has a global audience. So to limit it only to London, like I don't really see the rationale behind that, especially since it's an American show. Like if it was a British show, I could see it. But seeing as it is an American show, it's odd to me they did London, not New York. And I think that has a lot to do with the people involved with the project. And I've spoken on this before, but a lot of them are the same people that were involved with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which is all I'm going to say about that. Um, <laughs> but I think it has more to do with who's involved and who approached them, potentially, about it. 
Um, because it's giving me the vibe of this weird, they say it's canon, but it's not really canon, kind of off thing, offshoot thing that, you know, if you're lucky enough to see it, great, but if you're not, I, I hope to as well that because, one thing that does give me hope is because they know that not everyone's going to be able to see it, and we haven't gotten broadcast information or, like, a streaming version of the information that we thought we were going to get, that whatever it is in the play, if it's critical to the story, if it really is canon, um, will be included in season five like the key points will be included in season five i hope so because otherwise like if it's not if it's not canon what's the point and if it is canon <clears throat> that information needs to be in season five because we don't all live in london <laughs> exactly or can afford to go to london you know i think uh i mean and too like you know people that go to that are fortunate enough to go watch this they're gonna spoil it i mean they're gonna put it on the internet so at least we'll get some insider info even though they're not supposed to do that they're going to do that um but yeah i just i think look if it really is canon and it's so important i mean make it available to everybody or at least have it be referenced in season five that's and that's all i'm gonna say on that on that front so again thank you everyone for listening to today's episode and playing trivia with us uh even though i lost in the very bitter defeat uh it was still so much fun playing trivia and uh, jasmine is going to uh get us out of here jasmine all right everyone thank you for listening to this episode of ham radio a stranger things podcast please join us next time same dial same time over and out over and out